Warning, the following podcast features content of extreme graphic nature and exploitation, such as intense scenes of gore and mutilation, as well as animals being killed while making one of these particular films. We at Horror Haven Podcast do not support any of these scenes involving animal killings or any other form of abuse to animals. In fact, we at Horror Haven love animals and do not condone any acts of harm towards any living creature. However, we do acknowledge the film Cannibal Holocaust for what it is and will shed light on its impact on society and the world of horror. With that being said, if you have a faint heart or a weak stomach, then we suggest turning this episode off. Thank you for all your support and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. I'm Rich. And today's episode is all about Grindhouse films. Not to be confused with Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse release in 2007 of Planet Terror and Death Proof. This is actually about the subgenre in horror known as Grindhouse films. They really got popular in the late 60s, 70s through the early 80s. They were pretty much a uh, drive-in like atmosphere where it would show two films for really cheap. And a lot of the times these films couldn't get released in regular movie theaters because of how explicit and gory the films were. Actually, a lot of them were banned in different countries normally. So grindhouse theaters or showings, if you will, uh, were pretty much an outlet for people to be able to show these films without getting it shut down by mainstream theaters. So that's what we're going to be covering. Uh, we're going to be covering three films. That's uh, Lucho Fulci's Zombie, Pieces, and the infamous Cannibal Holocaust. So enjoy, and let the gore galore begin. What exactly did my father die of, Dr. Minor? And the boat's crew, what happened to them? What's about the dead coming back to life again and having to be killed a second time? <laughs> Islands, fantastic legends, voodooism, zombies, in rife centuries. First film we're getting into, Zombie. This uh, film came out in 1979. It was directed by uh, Italian director Lucio Fulci, who has been nicknamed the godfather of gore. So pretty much, uh, I want to get into right now, there's a big misconception that this movie is the sequel to Dawn of the Dead, and it is not. Um, it was just, Lucio Fulci was very influenced, and also, Dylan, I remember you uh, sharing some knowledge with me, if you want to drop that, that you were looking into. Yeah, so the studio that released the film actually saw the success that Dawn of the Dead had, and they, Dawn of the Dead in Italy was called Zombie, so they kind of slapped the two on the end of it to make it Zombie 2 to kind of cash in on the success, and the film's opening and closing scenes that take place in New York City were actually shot post-production and added into the movie in order to try and tie it in more with Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Yep, kind of a cheap cash-in, and a lot of people, they do get uh, a big misconception where it's like, what does this got to do with uh, Dawn of the Dead? The you know director what I mean? was, was mad that they did that too. Yeah. He was, he was a lot 
happier that in the American version they kept the original name. Yep. Zombie. Yeah. Well, it uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, as far as the beginning of the movie was concerned, wasn't too much of a fan of the very beginning, but I did enjoy. Took a little bit to get into it. Yeah, well, I I did enjoy that. I'm just talking about the very beginning, but I I did really enjoy the ending, how it kind of tied it all together. I think that that did very well, even if it was just kind of like a cop out trying to cash in on the original Dawn of the Dead. I still felt like it it, it fit really well with this film. Yeah. So pretty much the film starts out. There is what seems to be a zombie rising up and there's a shot to the head. And this guy said the boat can leave now. So we open up to New York City uh, floating in the harbor. There is this boat where these cops go and check it out. It seems to be abandoned, and there so happens to be a zombie on board who kills one of the officers, rips his throat out completely, which, again, I'm gonna get, we're going to get more into the awesome special effects in, in this film because, again, it's one hell of a gory scene. If you're into throat ripping from zombie movies, this is... Who isn't? Right. I mean, I mean. So uh, yeah, the boat um, happens to be uh, this girl Anne's father's, and she hasn't heard from her father in quite some time. So she was doing a little snooping around trying to figure out because now the boat is part of a crime scene investigation. So she had to kind of sneak in on board. So she meets up with a reporter by the name of Peter West, and he wants to figure out what happened to. So he kind of teams up with her, and they pretty much go to this island where. Anne's father was last known to be, and they kind of meet with these uh, two people, Susan and Brian, who are just kind of vacationing, but they offer to give them a ride, and when they mention the name of the island, which I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, right away they kind of give this weird look, because they're like, well, we heard that place is cursed. So voodoo ties in a lot with this movie, because the the actual term zombie kind of derived from voodoo which was pretty much zombie means a mindless slave. So yeah. Lucho Fulci was kind of going to the roots of like what the word zombie meant. Yeah. Well, what it, what it came from was that witch doctors in like Jamaica and like Southern places like that would use puffer fish venom to blow in the face of their victim. And what would happen was it would incapacitate them. And it was considered a zombie because the heart rate would drop down so dramatically that you wouldn't be able to feel a pulse. And then when they would awaken from the poison, uh, pretty much from having such a low pulse, they had severe brain damage because of the lack of oxygen. And they were pretty much mindless and would do pretty much what anybody else would tell them to do. So that's where the whole zombie thing kind of came from. They were, they pretty much used them as slaves at that point. As far as that's concerned, I was a little conflicted with that in this film because I'm like, obviously, they're the voodoo-style zombies, but then yet it was like people were rising from the dead out of the ground and people who were bit by them also got infected, so it was kind of like a... It was a every hybrid. kind of zombie mixed together. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. kind of like a hybrid of every kind of uh, lure of a zombie. And that's why I also enjoy the title of the film, because it's pretty much, like, it's very straightforward. The film focuses on, like, zombies. Like, as much as, like, where they come from, the origins. And, again, as you said, it's kind of like a blend of, like, 
you know, the infection mixed with rising from the dead, where like in Night of the Living Dead, mixed with voodoo, you know? So mm-hmm. it really just blends everything together. So anyways, um, the couple, Susan and Brian, uh, so it's the four of them now, and they're traveling to this island. Along the way, Susan decides she wants to go for a little swim. And uh, so she goes for a dive. Topless, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the part that I was just well, like, why? Why did that have to be? Why did she have to be naked? Well, well that, like, that's what I noticed about all these like. Grindhouse movies was they uh, they definitely didn't skimp on all the nudity. Yeah, nope. No. It was all about exploitation, boobs, gore, galore. And dick. <laughs> Pretty much. You know dicks. what I mean? Yeah, that too. I, I we'll get to that later. A European thing, whereas like. They're more open to, like, the human body, I think, on films and, like, as, like, American releases. Like, you would never see a penis, I don't th- – or not as often. No, yeah. This was, this no, was the there only – There was very frequently penises. This was you could say, you could say fuck all you want, but God forbid if you saw, uh, uh, you know, This is the chip. only um, – the Falter. only of the three – this was the only of the three <laughs> movies that Steven picked that didn't have a castration – and this was the last movie that we watched, and I was like, yo, if this has a castration, we're not doing a Grindhouse episode, we're doing a castration episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lucky I don't for Steven. <laughs> with uh, Italian uh, horror films and castrations, but that seems to be a big trend in uh, that kind of area. So, yeah, so Susan's diving in the water, and she encounters a zombie underwater, and he tries to eat her, and... She grabs a piece of coral reef and scrapes it along his face, and she escapes. Now, while that's going on, Rich, I'm going to let you send some light on this next scene. Oh, thank you, because I, I thoroughly – this was my favorite scene out of all three of the movies that we watched this week. So before she encounters a zombie, she gets very frantic because there's a tiger shark in the water swimming around her, and she even you know comes up to the surface and yells, help, shark – and um, she's actually smart about this, which usually in horror movies, you know, people aren't too bright. Instead of sitting there bobbing on the surface, she decides to dive back down under the water and try to find some cover. And um, when she gets really close to like a rock or like an enclosure like that, that's when this zombie comes out and grabs a hold of her. And, um, you know, she, like you said, Steve, she takes a piece of coral, scrapes it across his face, um, lets go and she's like swimming away. As he's like, you know, zombie drunkenly trying to swim and like walk towards her, you know, the tiger shark, whether it smells the decaying blood or, you know, the rotten body as, you know, sharks have known to have really good senses about that comes back and starts attacking the zombie. And at first I was like, oh, well, you know, the shark's definitely going to win. And bites off one of the zombie's arms, and then uh, the zombie gets a good chunk out of it. And, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, inevitably the shark ends up going belly up, per se. But (laughs) the, the detail I really liked about this scene was as the shark was biting into the zombie, the blood wasn't... It red green. it was like a greenish you know obviously old um you know post-mortem kind of you know i i don't think in real life blood turns to that green color but it being a zombie flick it, it kind of fit and like kind of like the little detail added to the scene which i i thought that scene was amazing right there 
And yeah. as, as the shark is attacking the zombie, it allows the girl to get back up and, like, get back onto the boat. Yeah, it's, it's an infamous scene. And, uh, uh, you know, anyone who's watched this movie is pretty much always brings up that scene. So it, it's, it's fun to watch uh, if you've never seen. Like, put that, say that out loud, a zombie versus shark. You know, you put that in your mind like, whoa, that sounds fucking crazy. Yeah, and <laughs> like, a, 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 as you told me before, Stephen, it, it was amazing. And just think of the risk factor of filming that scene that that was actually a real shark. And it was yep. a shark expert in zombie prosthetics and clothing and everything like that. Um, and it was also amazing because as you're seeing that it's a zombie underwater – I didn't really see any bubbles coming from the zombie. I didn't see any of that. So it didn't seem like he was wearing a scuba tank. Uh, no, yeah. Actually, that actor had to – he was – I guess from all his years of working in the water, he would be able to hold his breath for like I want to say almost a minute or so. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, after like almost a minute was up, he'd dive up for air and then go back down. they shoot the rest of the scene and everything. So I yeah, guess but that just... like lung, lung capacity worked out well. <laughs> Yeah, lung capacity and just the fact that he was free diving with a tiger shark, yeah, which are know, also known so as risky. like the garbage trucks of the sea because they'll eat anything. Everything yeah, and, uh, everything about that was just amazing. And honestly, that scene is pretty popular in pop culture. Um, the movie This Is The End, uh, Seth Rogen's friend, insert name, I, I forgot. Yes, he is wearing – Which one was that again? Jay Bruchel. The one that picked him up at the airport, or that they picked up at the airport. Oh, okay, the skinny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you pay a. attention, he's he's wearing a shirt <laughs> with a zombie versus shark on it, and it is from the movie Zombie, and you know that also raised a lot of eyebrows as to like, oh, well, where the hell did that shirt come from? Or is like, what is that from? Yeah. And it brought attention to the movie again. I feel like, and it was just a cool little like, you know. I don't want to say an Easter egg, but it was just a cool like homage to that movie because yeah. I feel like unless you're like a hardcore horror fan, like this is one of those forgotten films. Um, and I, I just want to say, if any of you listeners out there want to buy me that shirt and mail it to me, you will be my best friend forever. Yeah, and if you are a fan of that shirt, you could pick it up at Fright Rags. Uh, that is the uh, apparel company. Uh, I forgot the name of the gentleman that runs it, but he's a great artist. And uh, all you have to do is search Fright Rags on Instagram, and you will find his page. Uh, it is a popular shirt, so it could still be in stock, but I say check it out. If you're into horror movie clothing or anything, his designs are great. But uh, getting back to the premise of the movie, so once they get to the – well, first of all, they're – their boat goes, does get damaged by the shark, and uh, they they actually end up drifting to the island that they need to be at. And uh, they shoot a distress signal flare out there, and uh, this gentleman, Dr. David Mignard, who is the island's only doctor, he I guess he's been working on experiments and like medical studies out there, and he just so happens to be Anne's father's friend. So one of his like nurse assistants like comes and picks them up. And pretty much gives him the rundown of, like, the disease epidemic. But he doesn't want to acknowledge the fact that the dead are arising from their graves, even yeah. though everyone on the island is talking about it. He's, he's about totally it. he's totally against it and nonstop yeah, mentioning that he doesn't believe in voodoo. And so he's, like, trying drastically to 
figure out a rational explanation for it, even though there is no rational explanation besides they're fucking zombies. Yeah, and he starts experimenting with, like, their blood and I think purposely infecting Mm. um, people to study them. Because if you notice, like, he has a giant burial hole. Hands down, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he was trying to figure out a, a way to stop it at that point. Well, all all those people in the bed, too, like, I don't think any, like, you know, as we talked about before, um, it kind of did get transmitted through bites, but you didn't really, all the patients that were in the beds didn't really show any signs of any bites or anything like that. It was just that they were sick. Yeah. So it could have quite possibly been him purposefully infecting them to study their blood and try to figure out what's actually going on. Yeah, and it turns out, like I said, he's friends with Anne's father, and it goes to a scene which which opened up the movie with the body rising through the sheet and, you know, Dr. Minyard shooting the, the body right in the head. And it so happens to be we find out Anne's father who got infected, which I think was an experiment on him. Yeah, well, I was just going to ask that. I was I was going to ask, did, did you think the opening scene he shot Anne's father or Anne's father was the one on the boat? No, I don't think Anne's father was on the boat because I it was said that, like, Anne's father went with a couple of them. But I definitely believe the opening scene. W- yeah, it wouldn't have been because when you think about it, he, he shot him in the head. No, but I mean, it. It could have been another zombie, and then he was telling Anne's father, "Okay, you're you're good to get on the boat now." Like he was trying to go back to the mainland, and didn't know he was infected. Well, I don't think he got on the boat because otherwise Anne wouldn't have still been looking for him. But who's the guy? Well, well, the boat never reached land, so who was the guy on the boat then who left? I think it was one of uh, Anne's father's crew from his boat. Like he probably went out with a couple of people to this island. And then, like I said, you know, the experiment was done on him. He, he was shot in the head. And Dr. Minyard buried Anne's father's body and then said the boat, the boat can leave. And maybe there was another individual on that boat that just happened to be infected and just somehow drifted to New York shores mm. and uh, happened to have a zombie on it. Yeah. That was Which funny. that'll tie in later because, again, it bites an officer and they take the officer's body to the morgue. If you know zombie films... Um, you know how that goes. Yeah, you know how that's going to play out. So anyways, yeah, uh, Dr. Uh, Minyard's like giving them the rundown. And then he asks them to go pick up his wife. And that's when they discover like the reality of there's zombies on this island. And they go into Dr. Minyard's house. And they see Dr. Minyard's wife sprawled out on the bed being devoured by multiple zombies. And I'll never forget the first time I saw this scene uh, because I bought the movie at Best Buy when I was like eight or nine and I was eating a bag of Doritos and I never watched this movie and I threw up. I threw up like that was I've never seen something that gory up to that point. Like that was just that pushed the boundaries for me at the time as a kid. (laughs) I threw up right on my grandfather's carpet. He he was pretty pissed, but I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know what I mean? Like. That was the most graphic thing I've ever seen at the time. And for the 80s, they definitely did a really good job with that because, um, you know, bones, arteries, the tearing of the skin, it all looked very real. 
Yeah, and like I said, with Lucho Fulci being the godfather of gore, you know, that's how he got his nickname for those explicit scenes. And a fun fact about that is the parts that they're eating are actually, um, like, deer parts and, like, they are of hunting game animal parts. And he wanted it to make look so legit. And I I remember watching an interview because I have a special edition Blu-ray, and one of the actors was saying how pissed the extras or the zombies were. And Lucho Fulci was just announcing in his director's chair, manja, manja, and like, eat. And they had to literally put these fucking animal parts in their mouths. Did he Did he tell them ahead of time what they were, or he just, like, let them go at it before he actually told them? I, actually, knowing him and his tactics, I think he did not tell them. I yeah. think they figured it out on their own. And then he told them. Because he's he had a very harsh method. To get real reactions out of, out of his, uh, you know, actors. Yeah, well, I hope none of those uh, zombies were vegetarians. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> like I said, and that just adds to the legitness of that fucking scene. Cause, I mean, she is torn apart. Yeah. You see every organ, artery, you name it. Like it's all over the place. So pretty much they know they're fucked, and they're trying to get back to the doctor to figure out like what they're gonna do. Uh, the Hit a zombie, crash the car, and uh, Peter Peter West, the reporter, injures his leg. So now they're in a bit of a crisis, and they're trying to walk, like, I think five miles or so to get back to the hospital, and then the dead start rising. And then it's pretty much like any zombie movie where they all get barricaded in. Uh, I, I really enjoyed when they started coming out of the ground because as yes. this, as this movie was going, I was wondering, I was trying to pinpoint what kind of zombies they actually were. And, um, Every kind of zombie, Rich. Yeah, well, well, you didn't know that. You can't but, pinpoint them. Well, this was, this was my first time watching the movie, so I didn't know. I'm like, they could be voodoo zombies. They, it could be a virus, but the fact that dead people that were already in the ground were affected by it points towards like a uh, Shaun of the Dead kind of style zombie where it, if you just die you come back as one Yeah. so like there obviously something like something happened that triggered that at that specific moment but I just thought it was funny you know the two couple like the couple starts making out on the ground and then <laughs> and this, the hand comes up yep, and grabs, yep, the grabs it by the board. hair and then like it was cool too because they threw in the whole conquistador kind of thing where they found the helmet and uh, you know it, it kind of dated back to like how old those bodies actually were yeah and you could tell just like how decomposed and everything mm-hmm. and they, another cool effect was like them coming out of the ground, the worms. Those the were insects, real. yeah, the worms, yeah. Uh, and how they did that effect is they had the worms sewed on to, like, a patch of, like, fake skin or whatever, and then they would, like, put the makeup on to make it look legit, you know what I mean? So they sewed live worms yep. on the makeup? Yep, yes, they did. Wow. Yeah, That's well, how they got I it to stay in the eyes and everything. Yeah, I definitely knew they were live worms, and I noticed that they clearly looked like they were anchored onto the one point because when they sat up, the worms didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's how they did it. So it turns out, actually, in that scene, we do lose a member here, uh, Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, she does one of the most stupid things ever, and one of the zombies, which is on the cover, and if you see any kind of zombie merch or memorabilia you'll always see that zombie, that specific one. Yeah. And uh, even he's actually, his face was featured 
which now I have a lot of respect for, The Walking Dead. Uh, the most, either it was, I think, not this season, but the season before that, they did a zombie that looked just like that. Mm-hmm. I do remember they that. They a lot in The Walking Dead. Yeah. They like to pay homage to all the zombie movies. I respect that a lot. And I, <clears> and I, I, I just... I just wanted to say out of all the characters in this movie, there was only one character that was actually, like, offensive and had his shit together. Because, like, these zombies in this movie definitely weren't, like, 28 days later where they were sprinting. This is, oh, like, yeah, they were so slow. This so is, slow. like, first-level Call of Duty zombies. Yeah. And uh, most of the people who encountered the zombies just kind of stood there and just kind of watched them, like, slowly crawl towards them. And I was just like... What are you guys doing? Like, yeah, and like, you not want to live. And then, honestly, another great gore scene. She gets her throat torn off, and you could mm-hmm. see the pulling of the skin to right where she got the the zombie got the jugular, and the blood is just yeah. pumping. And you could like, I love the sound effects too. Like, you could hear the gurgling of it. I just, yeah. I don't know. It just adds that nastiness to me. Very realistic too, because like unlike a lot of movies, it it added in the I think I believe it's called like the arterial spurts. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, like you know, it's like gushing, and then all of a sudden it would squirt out a couple inches, and then like you know, kind of to like the heartbeat, and uh, definitely very realistic. Like a lot of detail added into uh, the gore, the Godfather of gore. <laughs> yep. Definitely and, did uh, research. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So Susan's out of the picture. So it's just those three. They finally make it to the hospital, and then it's one last stand. Your typical barricade yourself in and fight off um, the zombies. And one by one, a lot of them start getting picked off because, like, there's just multiple entrances. And let's be honest, that church was so beat up and, like, yeah, the church which, hospital, whatever you which, want to call it. Which, Steve, I got two things to say about that scene. Sure. Well, one – when the one guy gets his arm bit and you see the bone and everything, that was another awesome gore scene. Yeah. Uh, very realistic. And then two, just touching back on what I said about how retarded all these people were about it. Let's make Molotov cocktails and just throw them in the only entrance to the church that you're staying in. So you're like, in a wooden church, let's just set the place on fire. <laughs> no, it's it's... Like, it kind of defeats your way out, too. Yeah. Which I well, didn't get that either. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys read the book, The Zombie Survival Guide. Yeah, I did. I've read um, all of briefly, Max Brooks' books. But it, it, clearly, it clearly stated in there, using flaming arrows or anything like that is the worst possible thing because the only way to kill a zombie is destroying the brain. So now you have flaming walking around zombies. You have flaming zombies walking at you. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. just a it's bad actually, idea. It should, it should get to the brain, the fire, if it burns long enough, right? Well, some okay. of them do die from it eventually. You see them, like, slow down, and then once yeah. they're completely engulfed, but they don't die right away. And you know, it, to be to be in... Oh, a wooden, you know, confinement. Not the brightest idea. Yeah. And uh, which which leads me back to, like, what I said about, like, actually going against a real shark. Uh, didn't seem like the safest film set for whatever, you know, now we have, like, the safety standards and everything. Because as the building's burning down, I feel like they were just throwing, like, burning log, like, two-by-fours at the... Uh, 
at the actors while they were filming. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be the first to say Lucio Fulci, uh, he, his concerns was least for the actor's well-being. Yeah. The, the point he was going for in the film, the uh, emotion he was trying to get, and that's all that matters. As long as he got the shot and got the emotion he needed, that's all that mattered to him. And at the time, a lot of actors hated him. But I've noticed on these later interviews and special features, it's an admiration for him and the dedication to his work. Even though he could be a bit of an asshole, but he really put all in, like 100% his passion into these kind of movies. I mean, if you look at the movies they make nowadays, like this was one of the most authentic movies ever. You have a real shark, you have a real fire. You have, like, you know, all this stuff that actually puts the actors in some sort of danger, and you don't have that anymore. Yeah. Everything is pretty much computerized. It's a shame. I love practical effects and that realism. So, yeah, um, getting on to it, uh, you know, it, it becomes a last stand. The doctor is killed. He's bitten in the face. The nurse's assistant and the other assistant are killed off. So it's just down to Peter, um, Anne, and Brian. And they get out of the church, hospital, whatever you want to call it. And Brian, being stupid, has an encounter with his wife, Susan, who is now a zombie. And he just drops his guard down. And we all know what happens, like, after that. Yeah. And come on. And Whether he, it's a family member or not, a zombie is a zombie. And he was the only person that was actually fighting back. Like, he was the one who pretty much got the other people out alive. Yeah, although his shot wasn't on point, I got to say, Peter, with those headshots left and right, I mean, like injured ankle and all gashed up, he was the real MVP. He was making the money shots there. Yeah, he was. Money shots all over their faces. (laughs) You guys are gross. (laughs) Yeah, it comes down to Ann and Peter, and uh, they they do take Brian along with them, but they realize he's going to turn, and they try radioing in for help, and that's when everything ties back to where it all started in the city and now the city is overtaken by zombies and it ends with a beautiful scene um you hear this radio broadcaster calling a state of emergency and he's he's talking about the dead coming back and then you hear him get killed like the zombies break into his studio and that it it just leaves off with a scene of like a hundred zombies walking across the brooklyn bridge which by the way they did that in one take because they had no filming permits to do that. So it was kind of, <laughs> fuck it, we're going for it, we're going to get the shot. Hope the and cops don't come. Could you, Which, could you imagine driving on the Brooklyn Bridge and seeing a hundred people like dressed like zombies just walking? You probably do see yeah. stuff like that nowadays because people are like so <laughs> obsessed with zombies. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that time though, you know, 1979, like, yeah, zombie films are out already, but like, they're not that big in the pop culture as they are now in the later 2000s. Well, I, I really appreciated the ending of this movie because the deliberation of the characters that are on the boat, they're like, well, what are we supposed to tell them when we get back? And the one girl is like, well, we need to tell them the truth. And then the guy's like, well, they're not going to believe it. And then they switch on the radio broadcast and then they find out that it's pretty much going on everywhere. You're not yeah. safe anywhere. And and the dread, the dread on their faces when they realize that, like... At that point, I'd be thinking, well, fuck it. Let's turn around and, like, go to the island and just take out all the ones that are there because there's going to be a whole lot less on that island than there is in all the boroughs of New York City. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your guys' opinions on this? Let's get some feedback here. 
So yeah, I know this is a first Steve had been talking this whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know this is the first for all you guys, and I've seen this movie many, many times. I'm a big Fulci fan, but I want to know for first viewers what Over- they feel and everything. Overall, I liked it. I did have a couple complaints with it, but none enough to like ruin the movie for me completely. Um, I felt like it took a long time to really get into it. Like... I remember, Stephen, you yeah. mess- you messaged me, and you're like, oh, how far are you into the movie? And I was like, oh, we're not that far. And I looked, and we're 45 minutes in, and nothing had happened yet. And I was like, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> but um, There is a long section where a lot of nothing happens, and, and I it will... Just, like, kind it of, is like, a downfall. What was that, Sierra? It, it, it kind of, like, halfway through the movie that it takes off, but... Yeah. I felt like it, um, for some parts, too, it did get kind of repetitive, like... I felt like I watched yeah, shoot the, the doctor just shoot a zombie as it's rising up, and it's like, all right, and then like ten minutes later, same exact scene, and then another five <laughs> I, minutes later. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why, like, he obviously knew what he was doing was shooting them in the head, and he hands guns out to everybody else and Does neglects he get, he, to <laughs> tell them that you should probably shoot them in the head. Yeah, like, the that would have been important. Um, I... I liked it. I thought it was alright. Um, I thought, although entertaining, I thought the, the fight between the zombie and the shark were absolutely ridiculous. Boo! <laughs> um, it, is, it is a wild picture to put in your is. head. It's very <laughs> interesting. And when you see it happen. Um, it, was, it, was, it was funny to watch. I am, I'm so sick of male directors and boobs, though. Like, come on. <laughs> let the ladies stay covered if they want to stay covered. It's like every horror movie, and it's like... It's just, and it's not because of this movie, and I'm not mad at this movie for doing it, because every horror movie pretty much cashes in on, on like, sexual appeal on women. But I'm so sick of seeing boobs. I understand. I totally, and honestly, at the times, sex appeal was a big attraction. And Mm. that was one thing in Grindhouse films. Oh, they got sleazy, all right. Well, that's the thing, though. (laughs) They got sleazy. If I were to, like, show you a couple of others that I, I have... Like, you, you feel like you're watching a softcore porn. Well, exactly, and, and, and that's the thing. It, when you Google Grindhouse, like, the genre, it literally says a movie that kind of throws away artistry and goes for sex appeal and gore. It's like, mm-hmm. it focuses more on the shock value than the actual storyline. Yep. And, and, yeah. and that that's literally, if you Google Grindhouse movies, that is the description that, that well, uses up. You Not also in those have words, to... but, like... That's pretty much what it says, you know? You you also have to remember that the whole point of Grindhouse was they were very low-budget movies that were made to, like, you know, double features, cheap to get in to see. All I'm saying, they could probably pay the female actresses a lot less to go with a shirt on. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody who goes scuba diving in a thong, like, topless. But... <laughs> yeah, I think the thong really just... Maybe aerodynamic, it makes her swim faster. She's smoother. Yeah. Possibly, but um, as at, this was my first time watching this movie, and um, and I really do appreciate you picking these uh, movies for the episode, Stephen, because I've never really seen any original Grindhouse movies. But after watching this movie, Zombie, it's definitely on my top three zombie movie of all time. Awesome. Um, that awesome that shark. That shark scene is infamous. I love that. I'm a little bit biased because I love sharks. So, but that was awesome. Um, the ending, tying it up, just like the despair on their faces and like the loss of hope to be like, 
they survive, they're getting out, and then to realize where they're going back to is completely overrun. Like, you could just tell on all the actors' faces that it was, like, just that loss of hope, the emotion that was there was awesome. Um, They never explained how they fixed their boat, which I kind of have a problem with. (laughs) uh, Because the whole reason they got off the boat was because it was broken. And um, just the fact of even though... Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's a terrible oversight. (laughs) That's horrible, right? um, And... Even though they all knew they were zombies, that they were all in danger, they all acted just so dumb. Yeah, and a lot of th- stupid choices were made. That's that's my only quarrels about this movie. Otherwise, I, I really did enjoy it. Yo, can we talk a little oh. bit about the, uh, the soundtrack, though? Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> okay, so... Bring up the, our... the, the music. The music was composed by Fabio Frizi. It was I so dramatic. <laughs> Um, and he, he actually composes a lot of, uh, uh, works or scores, uh, for Fulci films and other Italian horror films. And actually he still does concerts dedicated. He does like sets, full blown orchestra, whatever you want to call it, dedicated to Fulci films. Like he plays the themes live and he still does it today. Now, does Fuji still uh, direct movies? No, like, does he, he passed away in 1996, I believe. 96? Gotcha. Yeah. So, he, he, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, Fulci has a big impact um, in the horror world. Uh, one thing I always see is, like, hashtag Fulci lives. Yeah. And that's, like, a big appreciation for, like, his work. Because, like I said, he got the nickname the Godfather of Gore. And he was always competing with directors such as Dario Argento. So those two were, like, the big two Italian directors to, like, break break out of just, like, European, like, um, areas in Italy where, like, their films were mostly shown. Like, it made it to U.S. releases and all over. Like, I can't tell you how many different foreign posters I've seen of Zombie or other Fulci films, for that matter. Um, you definitely see the influence in, um, like current zombie stuff too like you said with the walking dead and like i had messaged you about in the remake of the first resident evil game the opening scene like before you even get to the title screen is a zombie like rising up with a bag on its head and then it gets shot in the head and falls back um yeah that's crazy that's direct relation i have uh i'm not a huge fan of the look of the zombies in this movie honestly i feel like they're kind of muddy like, it's almost hard to see the detail in, in like, the faces for me. Yeah, I yeah. think some of the makeup they used was clay. Well, I, I know that... Well, you the, definitely the saw the edges and everything, to be, too. like, a lot heavier, like, heavier. And it's, um... I just feel like it takes away from a little bit... Like, there could be a lot more detail that makes them creepier. And, uh... Yeah. It, but it's the style of zombie, because I know, like... All the movies have their own specific style of makeup, depending on who... Who applied and who did it also, but with this one, it wasn't my favorite. Um, it wasn't the coolest zombies I've ever seen. I I know exactly what you're saying, Sierra, because since we mentioned it on the last episode, I've been watching a lot of that show, Face Off. Right, and, and now so, you understand the term "muddy" because like, yeah. when they say it, and you look, and you're like, "Wow, it does look muddy." Yeah, and um, <laughs> but like you know, 
it's it's going back to the whole budget thing. It wasn't, you know, they didn't spend a lot of money on that. I don't know the exact budget. It's not like they broke the bank on it or anything like that. But, you know, there was I a lot of know, edges. Because, like, they got a, a person who was trained to fight, like, like with a shark. Like, they, they had to have spent <laughs> some sort of weird money on this movie. Like, you I somebody pulled, where most somebody the pulled a million though. dollars out of their ass for this movie. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say a million dollars. I mean, I bet you you could probably just find somebody who is a shark expert and be like, I'm going to pay you a thousand bucks right now to shoot a three-minute scene of just you underwater, like, wrestling with a shark. I'd do it for free. Yeah, I'm sure he would. And not though. win, he would lose. He would with, definitely lose. How much? It would be a lot more authentic of a movie. <laughs> that that shark was probably three times your weight, Dylan. That thing would have just picked you up and swam off with you. It was probably a lot more than three times my weight. Yeah, probably. But um, we should probably get to ratings since we're 45 minutes into the episode. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. On a scale of one to ten. Um, I like this movie a lot better than the movies we did last week. Um, it wasn't my favorite. I'm going to give it, like, a, a 6.5. Okay. Yep. I felt like, again, I wasn't a huge fan of the style of zombies. Um, I thought the storyline was a little bit ridiculous, but it kind of made it fun to watch. Um, I don't think I would have enjoyed it if it wasn't a little ridiculous, because it, it would have just been a zombie movie. The shark scene really added some fun to it. Um... But yeah, I think all in all, it was it was a fairly good movie. It was enjoyable. I'm gonna give it a six. Ooh, that's mean. You no, but it's like right below. Nobody you gave goes it. lower than me, <laughs> except Rich. <laughs> nah, I, I'm gonna give it a six. I I had fun watching it. It definitely added strong points, but for reasons I said earlier on, I, I did have a couple complaints with it that would have made it a little better, but. For what it is, and like with how big of an impact it's had on movies now, I I definitely have respect for it. Cool, that's actually really awesome to hear. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, growing up, you know, years after this movie was made, and like been exposed to so many different types of zombie movies, and to be able to go back and see one of the classics and have it blow me away like that. I really did appreciate it. I'm going to have to say I'm probably at 7.5 on this one. Oh, that's that's a solid rating. I think actually all of these are for first-time watchers. Um, me, it, I might seem a little biased because I'm a huge Fulci fan, but any film that makes me throw up easily, I got to yeah. give it an 8.5. Uh, I love the gore. Yes, it was it was slow. Um, at times, and honestly, I'll be the first to say that it is annoying on that aspect, but the gore, the special effects, and honestly, the music really, uh, it set the tone and it made, it made me uneasy to watch as a kid and growing up now being such a hardcore fan, I appreciate the hell out of that. And as well as all of Fulci's work. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Steve. I mean, I I would have given it a higher rating if, like you said, it did take a while to build up. And even though, like, usually when movies take a while to, like, get into it, it's because they're making, you know, plot details and stuff like that. And even though this movie took a while for something to actually happen, there was a couple, like, really big holes in the plot. Like, how did the book get fixed? Yeah. 
That was that he's not alive. We can't even tell him to email us so we can figure it out. This is bullshit. Maybe he. Maybe is was it the exact same boat? Because like, did they? Maybe, maybe they, they took stole, another boat. Maybe they stole somebody else's boat. Could be. I don't think they explained it, but they were like, either we could sit here on the boat and fire flares, or we could go ashore and find a place where it has parts to fix it, and then they just kind of get back on the boat at the end and leave. Well, they probably just took somebody else's because, like, they're all dead. They don't need a boat. Yeah. I would steal a boat if everybody was dead. Well, no I'd shit. I'd steal would... more than one. I'd probably steal a thousand boats. I wouldn't even went on the island. I would have just found another boat and stole it right then and there. That's true. But you, they didn't know until they got to the island, so. Yeah. All right, so our average score for the movie is a 7.1. Oh, that's Woo! Ooh, That's cool. good. Um, yeah, boy. The horror so haven rating. Can we have a horror haven rating scale? Sure. Maybe if we get big enough, people will start using it. Like, it'll be like Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> but better. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed. Cannot be described. Cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Alright, so the next film we're going to discuss is Pieces. Uh, it came out in 1982. It was directed by Juan Picrere Simon. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, uncredited director, Joe D'Amato. Uh, he was involved in an Italian Greek. film called uh, Anthropophagus, which, uh, honorable mention, it is a disgusting film. Uh, and we'll get into that maybe in a way later episode, but I just wanted to mention that. All right, so this film takes place in Boston. Uh, it starts off in the 1940s. A uh, kid is playing with a puzzle. He, uh, His mom, it turns out to be like a Playboy puzzle or some kind of shit. It's got a naked woman on it. So his mother is like, put that trash away, and then she starts going off about his dad or whatever. So the son... She beats the ha- brakes off of him. Yeah, she, she slaps the shit out of him. Dude, right? yeah, like, she slaps him. So, she beats him for like no a stepchild. Yeah. So the son's like, nah, I'm not fucking having this. Uh-uh, so he no, hacks do not her disrespect up. me, ma. He, he takes an axe and hacks her up, and then the smart little bastard uh, hides in the closet... I guess, like, some – the mother's sister comes by and the she, like, calls the cops or whatever because, like, I guess the mom's not answering. And he totally, like, uh, like, playing the victim like he got attacked too. <laughs> Which, okay, okay, so then it, uh, it, it goes to, like, some hand putting together a puzzle piece. And now we find out, okay, whoever this killer is was definitely the kid from the beginning. And now it's about to find out who's the killer. So basically – all of these uh, young college students start getting hacked up on campus. Um, I don't know what college it is, but it's, it's somewhere in Boston. And there's a couple of suspects. Uh, one of them would be uh, the maintenance guy, Willard. Another he suspect. He does seem is... shicey as shit. He? He's a <laughs> he, creep. He definitely looks a little sketchy. He would Another always show mom. up. At, he would always show up right after a murder, and he'd be like, "What's going on?" But like, it was yeah, like obvious. Yeah, it, it was like too like obvious to, believe to, that. to be him. Like everybody was like, "It has to be him. He's a weirdo." <laughs> of course, it's not the weirdo. Yeah. So all these murders start raising attention, and uh, this guy, uh, Lieutenant Bracken, 
uh, played by Christopher George, who is in actually quite a couple of Fulci films, by the way, just to keep a little relation there. The, the main uh, he girl gets in it involved. was uh, Linda Day George, which is her, uh, his wife, wasn't it? Yeah, she plays uh, Mary Riggs, the undercover cop, star tennis player, which, by the way, the actors did not know how to play tennis, so they all had to fake it. Fun <laughs> fact. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, the cops get involved in trying to figure out who is um, brutally murdering the students with multiple weapons. Um, uh, again, you know, uh, big mention of chainsaws, which we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, this one student, Kendall, who is a total fucking uh, man slut, if you will, like he gets... He gets a lot of ass, I'd say. Right? And the worst uh, he, part is, is that he's not good looking. I, I, you know what? It must have been with the times thing because, like, he got girls passing love notes. He got girls <laughs> left Pass, and right. Yeah, out. they're like, best, like, meet me at the pool. Best, the best line in this movie. I love smoking pot and fucking on water beds. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she, they're like sitting. I really wish that girl was like, killed because that was one of the worst lines ever. Yeah, like her character just annoyed the shit out of me. I think what made it so funny too was. She it, has that like airy voice. She was trying it was to like, call, like Marilyn Monroe. No, it was like so badly dubbed over too. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yup. I fucking lost it. <laughs> But. I love smoking pot and having sex on water beds. <laughs> so yeah, there, again, uh, so Kendall helps get involved with the investigation as well as uh, Mary Riggs, who's a professional tennis player. So they team up together with Lieutenant Bracken and his partner, and they try to find out who the killer is. And uh, pretty much, spoiler alert, the killer turns out to be nothing other than the dean of the college, and the and body parts later, that he's hacking up, he's making yep. a puzzle, a um, copy of the a literally a human puzzle. puzzle. Can I bring up something really quick, please? Sure. Nope. How not. is this uh, a little boy from Boston English when he grows up? You know. Did you guys? Did anybody else question that? <laughs> not really, me? because I guess I'm just so used to Italian films being dubbed over. But that is his real voice. He actually is an English actor. They, they dropped the ball on that one. Like, you're going to give this little boy, like, he's American, clearly American. Like, his mother <laughs> is American, and then he grows up to have an English... Well, maybe, maybe maybe he went into foster care in the UK or some shit. That doesn't make sense. America would not send a foster child to... Don't yeah. question it. I'm questioning it. I'm allowed to. I'm a curious little cat. <laughs> the whole premise is they're trying to discover who the killer is because um, it's creating issues with the college and... A lot of people are being brutally murdered, which I'm sure we'll discuss the kill scenes later. I just wanted to get, you know, cover the quick premise of the film. And, uh, yeah, it turns out the Dean is the killer. And like Dylan said, he was hacking up women's body parts and sewing them together to create a human replica of, of the puzzle that he put together as a kid. Okay, so this is what I want to bring up. Is when you watch it, it's so obviously the Dean that's the killer because, like, they're like, we really got to investigate this. And he's like, are you sure that's necessary? <laughs> it, was, it was either, yeah, it was either the Dean or the professor. Necessary. The, the whole time, necessary. The, the, whole time the professor women. was acting so weird, it was either the Dean or the professor. I loved the when they were like, was a creep. I loved he? when they were like, um, it was after like the fourth or fifth kill, and they were like, 
if there's if we don't find anything soon, we're gonna have to investigate the entire campus. It's like you're fucking four kills deep. And you're still not <laughs> like, why hasn't this been done already? No, but I have yeah. to say, out of the three films, this was my favorite. I've actually seen it before. This is not my first time watching this. I actually had it prior to this. Right um, on. Respect. Yeah. Word. I watched it with my cousin when I was like probably like twelve or thirteen. Yo. 10 out of 10 movie scene in this. The fucking Kung Fu Master. Oh my god, okay. So, just to give a little preface of that scene, it was a, what, uh... Bruce so Mary's walking Lee around... Impersonator? Yeah, the, the producer for the movie was working on Kung Fu movies, and they had a Bruce Lee, um... I don't know if he was, like, a double in one of the movies, or if he just happened to, like, just throw it in there for the hell of it, but that's the reason that the movie the scene didn't fit with the movie it just he just pops up out of nowhere and starts doing these fucking kung fu, kung fu moves. moves at the girl and, <laughs> and out of nowhere the what's his name again he comes out Kendall? on his motorbike and he's like oh no no that's my kung fu professor yeah like there's a kung fu professor in college okay <laughs> yeah no like no big deal you know yeah. just my kung that, fu that that is a hilarious scene and they were like what, didn't time. he say something too like why are you, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know, a bad chop suey or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best scene I think I've ever seen in a movie. Dylan, you want to shed some light on a castration? Uh, Alright, so, I, that was probably Literally the only... ripped a dick off. It was... It was... And totally unnecessary at the very that, end of the yeah, movie. That's what I was going to say. That was, that was probably my only complaint that I had with the movie was, like... You're only saying that because you're a man and you don't want to see somebody get castrated. No, not even the castration, but, like, why'd the body come alive? They didn't explain it. It could have nope. just ended with, like, the, oh, we caught the killer. Like, no, it's... Oh, by the way, the body's going to come alive now and just fucking adios. This was another movie <laughs> that was just, like, boops. I, uh... I did enjoy it that the chick that was talking about having sex on a waterbed gets killed on a waterbed. Yeah, I, I said to Steven, I was like, yo, she got fucked on the waterbed already. Nah, no, nah, that wasn't her. That wasn't her. What? what? She fucks Kendall, but that's... All right, it's the reporter who's trying to be nosy that gets yeah, yeah, mutilated. Yeah, it wasn't the girl who said that about the waterbed. Yo, this whole movie's ruined. This movie gets a zero out of ten for me. Shut up. <laughs> this is my favorite of the three movies. I love this movie. I thought it was fun. Um, I don't think it was too much. Like, um, it wasn't boring for me. I think it moved very steadily. And, and, yeah, it was I kept it entertaining. I loved how it literally opened up and got right into it. He hacked his mother to pieces. I, I actually had a lot of fun <laughs> watching this. I, I mean, you can't go wrong with slashers. For, for me, I, I'm I love same. Slashers. No, I love slashers. So and I, I, I loved how like the fact that it was so unbelievable made it entertaining. Like this guy is walking around in the middle of the day on a college campus and cutting people up with a chainsaw, and nobody sees See, him, hears him. Like <laughs> the thing that I that it, the, the my one disappointment is that I love that it opened up with a kid being the killer because it's like it's it's such. A unique idea, especially for the time, like having a kid be like an axe murderer. Like that's yeah. fucking cool, you know. And then it's like, oh, let's just let him grow up. No, like I wanted to see the kill kid kill a bunch of people. That would have been way more pleasing to me. I uh, one one scene I absolutely thought was fucking awesome was the one girl in the gym showers, and she gets split in half. And uh, that scene. 
the chainsaw going through, that's actually them cutting open a dead pig. Really? Just to add to the effects of the blood splatter is legit. I, I mean, did find bring it. Bring up an animal being cut up. We should be like, and Jorge which you don't the, uh, All right, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the cruelty of animals. Well, one of the pigs. You well, can the pig get. was dead already. Yeah, it was one of them. You can get from an Italian butcher shop. To be fair, I did Who find it entertaining that, though guys. that that chick thought it was a good idea to like. This dude's coming at her with a chainsaw, so she's gonna make sure she closes and locks a wooden door. Yep, yep. <laughs> and think that that would protect her. And she pisses herself, which I, I mean, you know what? I think if, that was, uh, I think I, I, I think I read too that that was, uh, like she actually did that. Does she actually pissed herself? I, I'm I pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure. I would have been like, no, Damn. I'm not cleaning that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's wild. I, I thought that was like, you know, Dude, just. that's some dedication close. to her job that she wanted it so realistic that she peed her <laughs> Right? We'll pay you extra. Just uh, yeah, make just it believable. I got you. Don't worry. Go. Yo, was was uh, anyone here a fan of the dance scene? Good choreography. Yo, those moves were <laughs> fire. <laughs> Which, by the way, what an inconvenience to get to the bathroom. I feel like she was taking forever to get there. It was like, all right, down this hallway, now down these stairs, now down this hallway. Take what, a left. This oh. movie did the same thing that Zombie did too, where um, in the pool scene where the girl's swimming in the pool. He catches her with the net and pulls her up, and then he's coming at her with a chainsaw, and she's literally just sitting there, like, I watching him. Or I would have kept swimming water. to the bottom. <laughs> it's like, um, if you're, you're caught in a, it involves things, a pool net. Yeah. That's the right? thing, though, is that if you are caught in that pool net, if you just duck Go and swim water. down, would have been fine. Not even That's that, but a... she's sitting at the side of the pool, and he, he comes at her with a chainsaw, it's like, so jump back in the fucking pool, swim to the other side, and you're golden. This nah. is what I'm saying, though, guys. Like, these horror movies make girls look fucking dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. And it's just so irritating. I want to like the women in horror movies. They don't want to be like, oh, my God, you dumb ass. You could catch Sierra on the 2017 Feminist Tour. <laughs> every episode, I'm like, I'm not a crazy feminist, little boy. How about that skateboarding scene? The yeah. skateboarding scene. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> the skateboarding scene in the beginning. She's just like... What was the point of that? Didn't she go into glass? She, like, crashed into a mirror. Was she alright? I'm pretty... I, what? Would, yeah, what was the point of that? Did that have any significance to the movie at all? Yeah, she was the first kill. She was in She pieces. didn't get killed, though. Yeah, I think she did. Because yeah. after that, it pans to, like, him putting a puzzle piece together. So if you notice, like... Yeah, but that after was... Every- that was an accident, though. Like, I thought the first kill... Or was it? Or was it? He was the dean. He wasn't the glass carrier. <laughs> but maybe he wanted the glass there, knowing that this girl <laughs> takes a skateboarding route to class every day. Dear, this is the most planned out kill Steven, ever. <laughs> Steven, I think that they were just like, let's just put, like, one more kill in this. Like, we just need one more woman to die for this movie to be excellent. It's yep, almost the- there. We need some skateboards, some gl- some some guys carrying a mirror across the street, and some death. And the whole time, perfect. the whole time she was skateboarding, I was yelling, "Do a kickflip!" And she yeah. was like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> he, was, he was. He was. If she was paying attention, she could have stopped. Like it's not like a, a skateboard goes like a hundred miles an hour, man. She like literally was like way far away when she realized it, and she just kept going. Just stop. A more believable kill would be if she hit like a pebble, because anything will stop this. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, a lot of good scenes in this. 
I liked I I loved this movie. I thought it was great. I really did. I just thought it was so fun. Yeah, it's a fun one. Ritz, any uh, scenes that really jumped out at you? Um, to be honest, not really. I thought the whole thing was just kind of. I don't know. I I do like slasher movies. I felt like this kind of missed the mark for me as far as it just didn't really stand out to me. Um, The whole fact that his main weapon was a chainsaw and he did it during broad daylight on a college campus. Yeah, I don't know how he got away with that. Really wasn't too believable. And it just I don't know. I, I just I honestly wasn't a fan of this one. All good. I think uh that is actually you're you're on point with that. Is like how do you get away with a chainsaw in broad daylight on a college campus? But one thing I gotta love about the poster to this movie: you don't have to be in Texas to have a chainsaw massacre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that is that. And is there's a Friday. The you know what I like poster. too is that if you if you if you guys watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the uh, chainsaw that Leatherface uses is a yellow chainsaw, and the one in this movie was also a yellow chainsaw. Oh, I don't shit. know if it's yeah, related, cool. but yeah. The um, the killer in the movie too is made to look like a DC Comics character. I thought that was cool. The shadow. The shadow, yeah. Yeah. If you Google a picture of the shadow, it's it literally a literally guy in a hat, like, a long coat, and a it's like guy, guy with a black ski mask. <laughs> no, it wasn't even a ski mask. It was like a red a scarf, scarf around. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I guess. But yeah, ratings. 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 I would give this movie an 8.2. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought, uh, yeah, I just enjoyed it overall. It was a blast to watch. So, yeah. Yo, straight 8. I liked it. Alright. <laughs> uh, 2. Whoa! <laughs> I, really, I really didn't like it, like I said, as far as slasher films go. I didn't think it was creative. I thought it was, Dude, you know, I like the way I see anyone murdered on a waterbed, Rich. Well, I, I, you know, there were there were some small highlights to it. You know, I just didn't, I, I just didn't like it. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. It might have been one of the worst slasher movies I've ever seen. Whoa, that's slasher. Four worst slasher, dude. Have you? Ooh, I don't know. I think you need to watch more slashers and then and then and then come back with that one. Hey, yeah, I agree. That's hurtful. Everybody that's has hurtful. their opinion. It wasn't his. That is, that's, that's true. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not trying to take shots at anybody. I like. <laughs> I, I like the way it was filmed and everything like that. It's just I couldn't get into the plot. It didn't really have anything special. Once again, the, all the people who were getting attacked by. The slasher was dumb, and it was just uh, it missed the mark for me. Yeah, it's, it's All right. I will respectfully disagree, but I, I I can I can hear what you're saying. I respect. Yeah, well, I still well I appreciate that, Stephen and Sierra. I still remember the Child's Play episode, so <laughs> never forget. <laughs> you will never let me live down that I did not like Child's Play. What you got, Stephen? All right, solid eight. Uh, such a fun movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just, it, certain things don't make sense, uh, like the ending of the skateboard scene or the fact that you could get away with killing someone with a chance on a college campus. But other than that, this See, movie goes 
wild, and I found out about it because of Eli Roth, so mm-hmm. Eli Roth, thank you for shedding some light on this awesome movie. I feel like we talk about him a lot. Eli hey, I love Eli Roth, he's so, always, I mean... He's always coming up in conversation. He should that was funny. Alright, so I gotta bring this up real quick. Grindhouse came out ten years ago, the Planet Terror, and, like, you know, Death Proof film, and he, he made, like, the Thanksgiving trailer for that, and... He posted about the film coming out 10 years ago and the trailer. He was like, oh, 10 years. I guess I should get finished writing this, right? And I was all over that post. I was like, yo, what? <laughs> like, kind of just not, not giving him shit, but I was like, I've been waiting. Like, they, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen a Thanksgiving slasher film. Yeah. Besides Thanksgiving the turkey, but <laughs> I mean a human, like, slasher, not a fucking killer turkey. And listen, if he doesn't come out with it in another 10 years, you have to make it. I, I just so. I just wanted to add one more thing about this movie. I just thought that it was weird. Like I I knew at some point it was the dean because he was acting all weird, but that that custodian like groundskeeper guy Willard? was just like, yeah. What a what, what totally like it should have been him because like the scene in the bathroom where all of a sudden the music just starts playing on the loudspeakers for no reason and he was like Oh yeah, I don't know why the music's on. They're like, "Well, isn't that yours?" And he was like, totally denied it. Like, "No, that's not me at all." Blah blah blah. And then you know he, he just accomplice. I was gonna say I feel like he knew about the dean doing it, and yeah. kind of was like, "You gotta think who signs his paychecks." Yeah, <laughs> He's got four kids yeah. at home. He really can't afford to lose this job. Hell. Well, he must be he must be getting paid a shit ton if he's gonna be an accomplice to stupid shit like that. Because if that went on for any more kills, if the cops were actually competent, they would have caught him in a heartbeat. You're thinking too much into this, Rich. It was one movie. Sorry. They didn't make a sequel. They didn't make Crimi- a sequel. Criminal justice law student. He would have been busted after like the second kill. All right. So what do we have for horror? Horror Haven average. Uh, average. Rating. 6.55 So 6.5 Alright 6.5 right. I think that I think that's a fair rating Watch it Alan I'm shooting Oh good lord It's It's unbelievable It's It's horrible I can't understand the reason For such cruelty It must have something to do With some obscure Sexual writer with the almost profound respect these primitives have for virginity. All right, so before we start talking about Cannibal Holocaust, I am going to say, toughest movie I've ever watched. I know Sierra wasn't feeling it. I I was definitely feeling triggered yeah, by the movie. Yeah, was seriously triggered by this movie, like 100%. I, so my thing is, I absolutely cannot watch movies with rape. He's never watched Last House on the Left. And we're reason. not... Oh my gosh. Dude, we're not going to get into too much plot details. Nope. Nope, but, we're not. But rape... And genital mutilation played big parts in this movie. Also animal... And they were very graphic scenes. And for that reason, it turned me off from the movie completely. The thing that got me was the animals. I like furry things, and unfortunately, the animals were actually hurt while making this movie, which I think is a terrible, terrible thing that they did. Um, Which is kind of a huge reason I I can't get behind this movie, whether I like the plotline or not. 
uh, I think it was a really bad choice. Yeah, uh, why why did they choose to do that? Because I mean, with how realistic everything else is in the movie, I feel like they could have went about it to where they didn't have to do that. Was it just kind of like a? It was definitely before PETA and before like all this other stuff. Like I I don't know. I can't condone it. I don't know why they chose to do it, but it was before like that level of standard was set. I mean. Let's let's be honest. After Jaws came out, like hundreds of people went out in boats and just started killing random sharks just because of that movie. Like, you know, so I I don't know. Like, I mean, I just don't think it's it's a good <clears throat> policy to kill it, animals for an entertainment reason. I knew. No, before, I completely yes. agree. I of knew before. I, I knew before, like watching the movie, that they had killed the animals. I knew that that was like a big controversial thing like one of the many controversial things around this movie and like going into it i was like eh, i mean i i've seen like fake stuff that's worse like i'm sure it won't affect me too much and it actually like well it, it was really like they really put an emphasis on it it wasn't just like some animals die in the background it's like they really focused that they were hacking up these live animals <laughs> Well, the, the one scene, the one scene where the guy catches dinner and he literally like guts the live rodent or whatever that was, like, yeah, the it, like I didn't, I didn't look into the movie. I didn't know the animals were real, but when when it came to that scene right there, I'm like, that's definitely not fake. Like, this is the animal actually like screaming and like it. Exactly, yeah. and that's the thing that bothered me about it is that it wasn't like it was like a quick thing. It was you could you could hear that that creature was in pain and, and then that, that made me sad. And this is coming from a person who grew up in a family that was huge into hunting and stuff like that, but but that, that was just cruel. Yeah. It's just cruel, and, and I, don't, I don't like that. Well, and every I don't condone a- that. Every aspect of this movie was about pushing the envelope. Which, Even in the course of the 80s, this whole movie That's the thing, just though, a- with this movie, and that's, that's my big problem with it, is it's not that they just pushed it. I think they pushed it to a point where it was distasteful and... and, and- there's yeah. a way to That's do. My th- yeah. There's a way to to do what they did without getting distaste, like leaving a bad taste in your mouth like that. And what they did was was so. A bad Steven, taste in your Steven, mouth is, and... do you care if I take the the plot for this movie? Like the not at all. But I just want to say I actually love your guys' genuine reaction to this film because think about all right. Right now we live in a very desensitized society. So the fact that this film still has that one that that impact just as much as it did then. Um, although I, again, I whatsoever, I fucking love animals. All right. And it, it, it was painful to watch them being slaughtered and I do not condone or support that act in this film whatsoever, but with agreeance on Eli Roth, um, why he made the green inferno was to shed light on such an impactful film that really broke barriers in the world of horror. And for that, I, you know, I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. See, I, I really I really did enjoy the Green Inferno because after like I saw the Green Inferno before I saw this movie and after watching this movie I felt like the Green Inferno was almost the exact same movie without rape and animal it, mutation. I was gonna yeah. say that I feel that Eli Roth with the Green Inferno made a version of this movie that was not distasteful and I appreciate that because did the, the way they they did things was 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 not right for this film. I'm sorry, and 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 that's my honest feelings on it. They did not do that's things how, totally how cool. they should have been done. I I agree, and this is the first movie that we've gone over that I would 
not only say that I don't think people like I wouldn't recommend it. I would like advise against it for a majority of people I know for the reasons that we've discussed. But I mean, at the same time, Eli Roth did make like a more desensitized version of the movie. But the Green Inferno, you really don't hate the civilized people as much as you hate the civilized people in this film, and that was the point of this film was well, to show. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go over the plot summary first. Yeah. So yeah. the plot summary revolves around a group of people that are going to look for this tape in the Amazon, which is called the Green Inferno, and it's a tape that was put together by. What, what were they were like? Wait, uh, was they, they weren't going out. They weren't going out looking for the tape. Wasn't he trying to find the missing kid, like college students who went out well, there? Well, he was trying to, to find the it tape. all. The footage. The yeah. Pro- yeah. Professor Monroe um, was trying to find it all. The footage and the bodies of what happened. And they were shooting a giant like spe- news special on it. Yeah. And then they were – once they found so, the footage – Yeah, so they yeah, go but, in and they, they find these tribes and um, it's made clear that the tribes are like uh, against each other. And there's, like, some graphic stuff that it shows that makes you think, like, okay, these people are not civilized. They're, like, disgusting, savage. disgusting savage people. And so they find the tapes of the Green Inferno, and they bring it back to New York City where they, huh? where they're planning on putting on, like, a news program, right? Or, like, a releasing the documentary or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they want to review the footage before airing it. And it's made clear, like, before they start watching the footage that the crew that went out to shoot this has falsified documentaries before to where they've paid people to kill and, like, set up murders to push a topic that... I'm trying to think of the words. Trying to make something seem worse than it is. Yeah. Basically, media... Tainting the media. Yeah. So, um, they start reviewing this documentary that the crew was filming and it just shows them just completely destroying like the habitats and killing animals and um burning down the villages and attacking the tribes it gets to a point where at the end the tribes end up attacking and killing them and eating them and mutilating their bodies crazy stuff and at the end of the movie it's decided uh one of the people watching it were like this movie needs to be destroyed and the last line in the movie, which I really think is, like, the most impactful, is the guy walks outside to New York City, and he's like, I wonder who the real cannibals are. Yeah. And I it, just it I just, just wanted to say, you know, I said I loved this movie before, and although it shows a lot of controversial stuff, a lot of stuff that was unnecessary, it's the only movie I've seen about cannibal tribes that kind of flips it backwards. It doesn't on. make it yeah. about the cannibal the the tribe. That's the thing is that if a tribe's cannibalistic, they're the thing they're not understanding of of society and civilization. It's not that they're doing it to be murderous. If they're doing if it that's for what, food, that's all they know. Yeah. You know. So, so the fact that like just going into more detail on the plot summary. You know, these Americans who are just these, you know, young kind of people show up and just the blatant disrespect, like how to find the village. They shot one of them just so he was slower to be able to follow them. And, you know, 
he and they end up like trying to like firing guns and pushing everybody into one of the buildings and then lighting the buildings on fire. Yeah, and just... even even the one even the one guy from the beginning who later goes with a smaller group and bonds with the tribe and everything and is completely fine and unharmed. Like, you know, even says like, that's not a way that you want to like open up a peaceful kind of, you know, relationship with them. And they were just completely out of place and everything. And if you think about any civilization throughout history, if anybody was ever treated like that, of course, you're going to retaliate. Yeah. yeah, and while this movie did show a lot of really graphic stuff, it had a really good point at the end where I like after I got done watching it, I sat up and I was like, "Wow!" Like no movie about like even Eli Roth's version Green Inferno, like no, mo- no, yeah, no movie about any kind of cannibals has ever made that kind of point, and it was a very powerful movie because throughout the whole movie, you're like. Yeah, this is disturbing. Like they shouldn't like like I don't like watching this. And then at the end, you realize that it was like the Americans the whole time that were the ones out of place, like doing all this fucked up shit. That not knows better the tribe. Yeah, well, that knows better. Yeah, should know better. Like mm-hmm. that's, but, that's the whole thing. But, they but that's what, yeah. Their their whole point that they were driving home throughout the whole movie was like this is the jungle, it's eat or be eaten, like survival of the fittest. And they were just doing really unnecessary shit malicious unnecessary shit yeah it, uh, it almost like i i understand going as pushing it as far as they did for the mess for getting the message across but i don't, I don't think they they i don't think they needed to get as graphic as they did no with it. and i honestly I think don't that, think that their choices were I don't, I don't i don't think that their choices were for that reason i think their choices were for shock, shock factor yeah, well, of course. I, it, it almost like it almost disappoints me that the movie was as graphic as it was because if it they cut out some of the stuff that I had issue watching, I probably mm-hmm. would have really really loved this movie. Like just the message behind it and the like the storyline is story. good. Yeah, and I mean, it's just. <sighs> It brings look. It, it, it brought it, so much to horror too. I mean, found footage. This is basically the birth of found footage. I was gonna say that. I'm so happy you said that, Dylan. Yeah. It, if it listen, if this movie cut out the fact that they actually used real animals in that, I would have to give this movie a ten. Like uh, everything else, everything else was graphic and like I I get it, but the the whole the real animal thing was really set me back like same same and you know i literally like you know i'm like you know what was it a half an hour into the movie and then as soon as i saw that one scene where they found dinner and they were doing that shit i like sat up and i like it had my full attention it definitely like had that shock factor that i yeah it did what it was supposed to do but still definitely like you know I thought it was a great movie, and if it wasn't for that, like, animal cruelty in the movie, I would definitely give this movie a lot higher of a rating and would actually recommend it to people. Like like you said, Dylan, I don't think I could recommend this movie to somebody unless they were looking for something that was really atrocious. Yeah. If they were writing, I agree with you, Rich. <laughs> if, if they were writing, like, a, a, a research paper on why movies should not abuse animals this might be a great movie for you <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i like you, said, you know what's I don't sad is it... this isn't the only film that's done it there was a film 
That is another Grindhouse one. It's called Africa Adio. And they also, uh, I don't know if it was with the times thing again, but they also uh, killed a lot of animals. Like, you see elephants being shot to, and just mowed. It, it, like, really, it really had to be a time, because if a movie ever even slightly attempted something like this, it would be shut down immediately and yeah. people would be prosecuted. See, mm-hmm. there's, there's things, though, with the imagery, the way that they did things, though, in addition to, to killing real animals that were... I, I did not find bueno at all. <laughs> It was it was distasteful. I'm I'm uh, this I uh <laughs> yes yes I I agree it, it it is distasteful, but it's it's also explaining the kind of environment the Americans went in there with a very brutal mindset and yes there was rape scenes but the the Green Inferno also had genital mutilation too like not as graphic was, and like like it got. The Green Inferno. I don't want to go into the the first scene that you see where they mutilate a woman, but yeah. that's uh, there's no. Now, now, just talking about the plot, was that woman that they ran into and like watched that happen? Was that the woman that the other Americans ran into, and did the other stuff to? No, they stuck her on the stake. Mm-hmm. That was that chick, and then made it look like the other rival tribe did it. Gotcha. Well, oh, just uh, just to get off topic a little bit, there was a um, a scene in the Green Inferno that was kind of like a homage to uh, to this movie. It was um, when the they're going movie? back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but more specifically, when they're going back to the plane crash to try to find the the black box, there is. Like there is two people impaled on the spikes, exactly like it was in, um, you know, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. See, yeah. I I know that people had their problems with the Green Inferno. Um, I will say that, like I said before, I don't think that it drove the point across that Cannibal Holocaust. It didn't was have the to. meaning. It didn't have the meaning behind it as much i mean you do see like it was a different thing it was like it was like against like deforestation it was supposed to be but the people were but the people were just scumbags yeah but were behind it but it's like i feel like i would have been happy with a medium between that like if eli roth kept the message but didn't have as graphic of imagery that would have been the perfect medium for me, but well, well, I, I think comparing this movie to Eli Ross version, like Eli Ross version was like first grade compared to like what this movie did. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, it didn't have the meaning behind it. It was more towards like Sierra said, like deforestation and like preservation of the rainforest. But this movie, despite putting you through all those really graphic scenes and everything like that really hit home at the end where like it made me think and it made me not 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 even just think about the movie or the genre or it, it made me think about like the human species in general like i thought it was really deep and it, it really like kind of you know woke me up a little bit yeah, Rich, you and I are on the same wavelength on this movie see for me the the problem with this movie isn't the graphic like, watching it in the graphic, like, that's whatever. My problem is is that they thought it was okay to show a woman being mutilated. 
and that I don't think like I'm sorry I feel like that's just showing so much disrespect to women what do you mean in in the green inferno that was a huge that was a and huge I never said I was a fan of that movie either that was Dylan's bag they but, yeah but, but they don't show they don't like graphically we're not talking show it about happening. first off we're not even talking about the green inferno we're talking about cannibal holocaust we did not watch get... the green Inferno for this episode my whole point is that horror movies it's it's hard because I, I feel like it definitely shows the time that that women were not respected like they should have been at that point is that and that's my point with bringing it up with every movie why does it why is it always nudity why is it always boobs why is it always this i don't think it's cool the way that women were treated in in these movies and and the way that they're they're put out there as a subject and they're looked at as as like the sexual piece of me and i I don't i'm not a crazy feminist and i'm not typically like that but that movie made me angry for that reason no, they. I agree. I they respect were, that, Sarah. They, Thank they, you, they, Stephen. They, they were definitely victims of the times. But I, that be, that being said, they they did explain that it is part of like those indigenous cultures that they did do that, and it is a fact that that's what they did do. Well, in the movie, they did that. But did did, did do we actually know anything about that that culture in real life? Could this movie have made that culture look absolutely horrible and that's not even who they, like those those people in the movie were not cannibals. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's my thing with it too, that's is true. it also made a whole tribe of people look like cannibalistic rapists. And the reality of it, that tribe was not cannibalistic rapists. Yeah. And that's another problem with it. I'm I'm also like <sighs> I don't know how much of the movie was to get a message across and how much was just shock. That's, because, that's my point is because, that if it was, if I felt like it was sincerely to get a message across that society is just as bad, which I, is a, well, my, a my great message, that, but it, I feel like it was more to be just be like, oh, I'm going to just be the most fucked up movie out there. Yeah, well, I feel like with how shocking and graphic they made the movie, they had to know that, you know, it wasn't going to get this widespread attention and praise like oh my god this is eye-opening we need to stop like no it definitely didn't get praise but it definitely you know got the widespread message across but nobody's gonna like people weren't going out of their way to watch it specifically to get the message they were going out of their way to watch it to get the graphic like intense shit which i I mean it definitely got attention i mean the guy who made the movie was like seized in court and had to prove that they didn't make a snuff film, that it was just a movie because of how realistic it was. Like, they had to call the actors in from the movie to prove they were still alive because the court... No, they, they fucking should have. The court they actually should've. believed that, like, <laughs> these people would... I, I think I think it it's, its tagline lives up to what it is, the most controversial film ever made. The... On a, on a less serious note, because I, I feel like it's getting a little, like, too... Debatey. Debatey, and, like, too... too, that, too... You know what, though, guys? I, I like that it is right now, because we are... This is the reality of this film. And uh, just think, if we were alive during the time that it came out, what our reactions would have been. Because, it, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, it being out now and being, you know, kind of known that desensitized it, but think about first hitting the theaters well, before people were desensitized before, that yeah, was probably yeah. horrific 
And like here, the reason I don't why think that, so, I don't think that people had. I, I honestly don't think that this movie probably had the reaction that I don't think it would have a bad of a reaction when it came out as if this movie came out today. I think it would have a horrendous. I think that th- th- there would be some issues. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be able to be released today. No, no, absolutely oh, yeah, not. The, everybody, every person who had anything to do with it would be in jail. Like that's the reality of it. But the. Uh, <laughs> why look? Why I wanted to shed light on this movie, not because just it's a grindhouse film, but also this is a piece of history. All right, in the world of horror, whether it's the negative piece or not, it is a big piece of history, and this movie shook the world. So, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to shed light on it. Again, I do not support uh, the you know the private ideas. mutilation or the murdering and killing of animals, but as a piece of history and horror, this is something that uh, I you know, I feel like should be kind of brought up because yeah. it's real, it's there, it exists. Well, yeah, and, I mean, like I said, too, like it, with how big found footage is right now, I feel like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be what it was if it wasn't for this movie. Well, it was and like, I mean, this I, was... This, this was a found footage movie without trying to be a found footage movie. Yeah. Like, well, it was found this... footage before anybody knew what found footage was. And I, they I literally hate... just found footage without without going the, off yeah, topic into literally found footage. Found footage. Without getting, going off topic into found footage in general, like I have such a love hate thing with found footage movies because oh uh, yeah, it's getting so de- yeah, dead. Yeah, it's, end it's now. gotten it's overdone so bad. because I mean, with this movie, it got such a big reaction that people thought it was real, and then. The the biggest movie after that to do this was the Blair Witch Project, and once again, people thought it was real. And, and how many years, years later, later was that? Year, well, right. Blair Witch was what like twenty ninety eight. Ninety eight. Oh wait, no, nineteen. Nineteen years later, or yeah. no, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, eighteen years later, and then the next movie after that was Paranormal Activity, and people actually believed it was real. But then after that was when they really just started getting overdone. It's like to every, where every single every one you see, you're not a found footage now. Yeah, and you're not yeah. you're not watching it and saying like, oh shit, this could have actually happened. You're like, okay, this is obviously a, like a, a found footage movie. But it's, it's they don't now have its own sub sub genre, which yeah, is a bummer. They don't have as big of an impact now. But the reason I do appreciate them is because it gives people an opportunity to make a movie without as high of a budget or experience. You know, if someone has an, I could go grab a camera right now and make a found footage movie. Like, yeah, it it, it does open fun opportunities for amateur filmmakers. Yes. But that's um, going off topic. Um, we can on the, back on the topic of um, Cannibal Holocaust. I didn't find it to be. I, I found it to be like gross. I didn't find it to be scary. Yeah, uh, that's what this kind of film was intended. More yeah. shock than scary. Yeah, ex- exactly. I, think I was all... watching it and I was like, "There's really nothing like horrifying because, like, you know, when I think scary, I think, oh, I could be in this situation. This could happen to me." I don't ever see myself going out into the Amazon forest and running into a tribe in the Amazon forest. It's just not something yeah. that's scary to me. It's not It's not really like a, an immediate fear. So, and, uh, unless somebody drugged me and I woke up in the yeah. middle of the Amazon, I don't foresee myself ever being in that situation. Yeah. Like, 
come on, don't cut down the trees. I agree with that, but like, see, and then like, I'm not, I'm not gonna go and chain myself to one. I think that's what Grindhouse is, though. Like to I, me, I don't that's think what Grindhouse it's about a is. And, and, that's what I was gonna say. All of this was just gore, shock, and it, awe. It wasn't literally just to make people be like, ew. I think Why? to me, I think to me, Grindhouse. Like, if we're gonna wrap this up, like, Grindhouse to me is like at its strongest when it's a fun watch. Like, Pieces was great because I had fun watching it. Zombie, yeah. like, I had fun watching it. And This like, movie, was, there, there wasn't fun. This, this movie was not fun. No, and there's so many movies, too, that, like... I mean, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is considered a grindhouse film. Like... Yep, it is. And that's one of my... That's, that's my all-time favorite horror movie. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I would, I would pass on. By all, by all means, this was not a fun movie to watch. Yeah. No. It's, it's not it's not enjoyable in the least. I just thought it was very. It had an interesting message. It almost it almost it, blends it was, the lines between what Grindhouse is though, because Grindhouse is supposed to be like not artistic and more just focusing on like blood, gore, sex, and this kind of did both. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't overall, know. weird. Overall, rating, Sierra, give it um, a raise. I'd give it. Um, what do they rate porn at? Because it should be rated up there. The Golden Boners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. I'm gonna give it a negative two. Can't give it negatives. <laughs> All time low. <laughs> Fine, I'll give it a zero. Okay. Uh, see, I'm torn, because I don't even, like, want to give it a rating, but I do think it has a, a, a good, like, message behind it. I think I'd give it, like, a one and a half. 1.5. for the meaning. I, you know, before I give it a rating, I just want to say I don't condone any of the stuff that happened in this movie. I felt like... A lot of the scenes could have been left out, and it still would have had like an impact of the, the message that it was yeah. trying to come across. But I'm gonna have to say I, I would give it a five. I'm not gonna recommend it to people. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend it unless there's some rude reason that you really find it necessary to watch this movie. If if is somebody it, it, if somebody says bad. to me like, "What's the most fucked up movie you've ever seen?" then I would bring it up yeah (laughs) but other than that like you know so much of the stuff that was in it was unnecessary yeah and excessive and as far we already talked enough about the animal shit like people would have been locked up for that if they would have made a movie like that today animal rights but I did, I did really appreciate that it kind of turned the whole genre of cannibalistic tribes on its head and showed that, like, even though they're tribes and they have a different culture and everything, that they're still people and they're not, you know, they're not malicious. They, they're cannibals because they need a food source or for some other reason. So this movie did show that, like, they're people just like us and in this the Americans were more inhumane than these indigenous tribes were. And for that, I appreciate this movie. Two different worlds, two different kinds of evil. 
Exactly. Hannah Montana yeah. said that. Yep, Hannah Montana quote. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm kidding, it's not, it's not. It's not really a Hannah Montana quote. All right, Stephen, what do you got to say about this? All right, so one, uh, I feel like Dylan's here. He's probably going to hate me on this. Uh, but I won't I hate own... you on anything. <laughs> I own the Grindhouse releasing of this film, uh, the unrated director's cut, uh, and I have a poster framed. So I... Without sounding like an evil, desensitized son of a bitch, and I know we've said this a lot, but I do not condone the killing of animals or um, the rape torture that was in this movie. But what I can appreciate about this is the impact that it had on society and the overall message of how savage humans can be, especially in a Western society. Like, think about, we celebrate Columbus Day. And honestly, I couldn't fucking tell you why, because Christopher Columbus, what he did is pretty much kind of in comparison to this film. Yo, fuck yeah, yeah, Christopher man. Columbus. If, if they if made a realistic movie about Christopher Columbus coming over here, it would probably be almost exactly like this film. I exactly. So if America can still continue to fucking go unnoticed and just celebrate this holiday and everyone have off this and that, then you know what? And that's I cool for them. <laughs> then guess what? Yeah, me neither. As as a as a fan of horror, this is a huge part of the in uh, horror history for me. And because of its message, I am a, a big fan. Again, in the realms of Eli Roth, with uh, when he said, you know, he was very inspired by this film to make the Inferno without the animals. It was unnecessary. It was disgusting and it just was not right whatsoever but besides that factor this film has a huge impact and I'm not going to say don't ever watch it but if you're easily offended or rape happens to be a touchy subject which it is and guess what if you're not okay with that then don't watch this film people it's not even not even being easily offended. Like this movie is easy to be offended by. Like yeah, it's... yeah. So, but I'm not gonna say don't ever watch this film. It's just it's not for everyone. No, it's definitely and not for the masses. To, and if you happen to, you know, it's probably gonna be more for those hardcore gore fans. So. Take that aspect of Honestly, it. Honestly, I don't even know if it would be for like for me, I feel like this 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 movie is literally I don't think it it's meant for gore fans either. I feel like it's more like torture porn. No, 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 no. I don't even I don't think the point of it was to entertain people. I don't think that was their point. Yeah. I don't I'm gonna I, be honest, I was entertained by the revenge that the tribe got on the film crew. That was very satisfying for me to see <laughs> them get yeah ripped apart and eaten and yeah. just i they had it coming and if it's one thing i love it's a good revenge payoff they and they totally happened. deserved everything that happened to them minus minus the one girl what happened to the one girl yes, absolutely, in the crew absolutely. She, she did not deserve that but all the all the males in in that you know because she was the one who was like why are we doing this why are we filming this like you know she was the only one that didn't deserve that and yeah, but everybody I else, agree. yeah yeah no, so I don't... again i uh, my my ratings got to be an eight for this 
mainly because of the message, the history, and the impact on society this film has had. Alright. We're getting an average rating right now. Well, Sierra Zero is going to have a big impact on that uh, average, but everybody's entitled to their opinion. Absolutely, and it, you know what? It's interesting. There's two spectrums here. It honestly didn't come. the The score did not come out too bad. Really, three point seven. Okay, three point seven. Okay, it's really not that bad. Like I, we've rated things lower than that. <laughs> yeah, we have. I I just, it's not the movie itself. It's just the thought process behind it that really bothers me. Honestly. Yeah, I want I want to know who thought of like all of those scenes and actually decided to go through with them. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. if uh, Ruggiero Didato, if that's how you pronounce his name, is still alive, and he has a Twitter, I say email uh, us. I'm I'm actually <laughs> I'm, Matt Haven. Like like we we kept talking about if it was actually part of their culture or not. After seeing this movie, it makes me kind of interested to like look back on it and see like how accurate the scenes they depicted in this movie were to the actual culture of those, like, head-hunting tribes. I'm okay with yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I want to know if it was just, you know, Hollywood blown out of proportion propaganda or if, like, they literally did their research and depicted, like, what traditions they actually did. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I, I just... I don't know. I think there was just too much stuff that was just not right about this movie for me to be all right with it. That's totally fine. That's a that's an organic reaction, and I'm all for it. If that's how you truly feel, I'm not against that whatsoever. I'm not against you either, Stephen. You go, man. Sounds good. I also do want to put it out there for people. Don't take, especially because of the, the the seriousness of the film Cannibal Holocaust, don't take that as like the majority of Grindhouse because, I mean, I t- typically very much like this genre of mo- of, of movies um, and I think, I think most people would be able to watch Grindhouse very easily um, as long as you're not like, you know, sensitive to gore. I, I think that uh, Cannibal Holocaust is, is a one in a million movie it's extreme yeah it's it's, it's extreme exactly 28 exactly you're you're probably not going to stumble upon unless you're purposely looking for movies like that you're not going to stumble upon that movie all right guys so that pretty much wraps up this episode for the week uh thank you for taking a trip with us down a piece of history into the world of grindhouse and if you want to know more about grindhouse films because we just really scratched the surface here uh Go on to Netflix and check out Mad Ron's previews from hell. It's pretty much a compilation of a bunch of horror movie trailers that are that were released in Grindhouse movies. Um, and you can kind of get an idea of like what films there are out there in the world of Grindhouse. I know that the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer is in there. Uh, of course, Cannibal Holocaust. I don't think Zombie is on there but also the original Black Christmas. So if you're more uh, curious about the world of Grindhouse, that would be a good guide. I know there's plenty of films on there that I've seen and plenty that I haven't, and I have pretty much <laughs> went out and wrote down all the films, and I'm checking them off as I go over time to see which ones I still need to see. And again, uh, I know this was a very touchy subject, talking about the last film, but uh, it was a piece of history, and we wanted to shed some light on it. 
with that being said, um, thank you guys again for uh, listening, and uh, we look forward to having everyone check out future episodes. We have a lot of things going on in the works, so stay tuned on our channel at Horror Haven Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook, and you can always email us at horrorhavenpodcast at, is it Gmail? Gmail. Gmail.com. With that being said, uh, next week we're going to be covering the Sinister film, so stay tuned next Friday as we go over those two. Um, Remember to stay scary and have a scary night, folks. Bye. Bye. See you.